Coming to you live from Nampa, Idaho, welcome to episode three of Deathly Afraid. You did it. You did it. <laughs> welcome. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Did you have a good day? I did have a good day. Long day of work, but very productive. Well, do you want to just start or is there anything you want to say to everybody? Uh... I do want to apologize for last week's episode mishap. Uh, I blame it on the Dybbuk box, though. So. <laughs> he looked at the Dybbuk box and cursed our episode. You guys, I had to edit four times and it still ended up crap. So, Brian's fault. <laughs> I will say this, though. Our editing software that you use did have issues and you had to use a different editing software. So... I'm sure that had a lot to do with the issues as well, but we will see this week. Hopefully we have it down. So thank you for bearing with us. We really appreciate it. So I went first last week. So it is your turn first this week. It is my turn to go first this week. And this week's topic for me is actually a listener requested story that is about Kay's Cross. Have you heard about this one? So I have heard about this one. I grew up in Kaysville, Utah, as you know, but some people might not know. So I have heard about it. I have never been there, though. Okay. Yeah, so talking with Sydney is the one... Shout out to Sydney! The one who gave me the idea for this week's story... Said she has been there, but hasn't had any experience with any of the paranormal stuff that has gone on there. Nice. So, all right. Tell me about this Kay's Cross, bro. I will. So, the most popular myth about Kay's Cross is that the cross was built as a monument to the landowner's murdered wife or family. Some tales say there were. They were victims of marauders, but in one version, it is he who murdered his wife, or seven wives, depending on which tale you get, hung himself near the cross in remorse for killing his wives. So the... I got a little bit lost. So he may or may not have been a polygamist. Yes. And then he... Hung himself after killing Killing his his wife or wives. wives. Yes, depending on which story you get. Okay. In its most grisly form, he buried six of his wives around the cross and one standing upright in its base. Another legend is that he sealed only the heart of his wife in the center of the cross. And since all these stories come about, the center of the cross actually got hollowed out over the years of people going and trying to dig in there to see if there was an, actually a heart in the center of the cross. So <laughs> people were like, is there, like, they don't think it would have decomposed. Right? <laughs> There's like, it's got to be in here somewhere. <laughs> Hearts don't decompose. They're forever. <laughs> you so, have my heart forever. That's good. As long as it don't decompose. Well, eventually. So as dramatically satisfying as these stories are, no new stories can be found concerning these murders that so-called happened. So I don't... I mean, you grew up in Utah, so I don't know if you've heard anything about that or not, but... I actually had never heard about it living in Utah until I actually heard about it on a podcast, and I was, like, super bummed that I'd never been there. Huh. So maybe next time we go to visit family, we can check it out. Just not at nighttime. Maybe. Maybe. 
We take Jimmy there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so unless you are from Kaysville, Utah, chances are that you've never heard of Kays Cross. Even if you've lived in Kaysville, you may not have heard of Kays Cross. <laughs> That's true, <laughs> I guess. So, <laughs> so it's the stuff of the legend in Davis County, an imposing stone and mortar structure that loomed 20 feet high over a remote hollow. A large letter K adorned both sides of the cross. To get to it, most folks had to first hike through Kaysville Cemetery, which we've been to yes. many a times, and I had no idea that Kays Cross or Hollow was even remotely near there. So Kays Hollow is that one that you kind of pass through, isn't it, to get to the cemetery? I, I don't know. I never really paid much attention to it. Now I'm well, going remember to... when we saw the deer when we were going? Isn't that the hollow right there? I don't know. Well, my family can let me know. Yeah. <laughs> they all live in Kaysville still, so. So anyway, so after going through the cemetery, you had to trudge over scrub oak covered hills as well to get to the cross. At the scene of where the cross is at, Stood here for many years, but was reduced to rubble in February of 1992 when they say someone snuck in and planted a bunch of dynamite around the cross and blew it up around 10 p.m. that night. Oh my gosh. I was only four. Maybe that's why I didn't know about it. They demolished it before I was old but, enough to care. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. But I mean, the remnants of it are still there. I mean, it's still kind of in big chunks. But even with the cross being mostly destroyed, the legends of its haunted nature still run rampant. There are rumors that Satanists use the cross as an altar for their satanic rituals, including sacrifices. Honestly, though, in my opinion, I don't know that I would make that long of a trek carrying a bunch of gear and stuff to sacrifice. But some say that they did it. Some say that it's just... People riding weird stuff there. Riding get... or writing? Writing. Oh. Like the, <laughs> like the, riding weird stuff. I was like, what the, the heck are they weird riding? There, like little wagons and all sorts of stuff. Just some weird stuff. Like I mean, if you had ride one. your dog there, I don't know. If you had a wagon, it would help get all your stuff in there, I guess. So, yeah. so on April 5th, 1992, the Deseret News reported on an interview conducted by a local historical society with a man who claimed he helped build the cross in the summer of 1946. So the man's name was Merlin Kingston. The parcel of land that the cross is on has been owned by the Kingston family since at least the early 1900s. For those of us outside of Utah, the Kingston clan is a well-known polygamous family in Utah. So everyone thought the K on the cross was Kingston, but it wasn't. According to Merlin Kingston, the cross was built in honor of Krishna Venta, according to plans that Venta himself had drawn. To who was who Krishna Venta? So Krishna Venta was a cult leader back in the day. Um, so he kind of self-proclaimed to be the next Jesus Christ. And so he was had came to Utah trying to get followers and I'll go into a backstory here in a few minutes of Krishna Venta and how he came about here. So the arms of the cross were to be covered in glass and hold scriptures. So where we were is so who was Krishna Venta? Why was he honored with a stone cross and how did he and Melvin Kingston meet in the first place? So Krishna Venta, born Francis Pankovic, was a religious cult leader who gained popularity popularity in the 40s and 50s. He also just so happened to have lived in Utah for a few years, and he became acquainted with Merlin, Merlin Kingston's brother while serving in the army. So he had a cult, but he was like serving in the army, or the brother was in the army? So... He met the brother while serving in the army, so they had so both Krishna, served. Oh, they both were in the army. Yes. Okay. So Venta's grand cult plans came to a shocking end in December of 1958 when two of his ex-members, who had become tired of Venta's hypocrisy regarding money 
And the fact that he was sleeping with their wives, <laughs> I'd, be, yeah. I'd be kind of pissed off too. Yeah, I think I'd be a little bit mad. <laughs> so anyway, this in December of 1958, they confronted him in order to try and get him to confess to the crimes that he had committed. While one of them had a hidden tape recorder, that was their plan A, which it didn't work as they thought it would. So their plan B is the plan they went with. <laughs> and on the evening of December 10th, 1958, they detonated a bag full of dynamite, killing themselves, Ooh. along with Krishnaventa and seven other cult members, including women and children. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it was like I would say that very backfired. extreme. Yeah. I'm sorry, but all I could think of when you were saying plan A and plan B is on. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I just forgot the name of the movie. With Adam Sandler. Uh, I don't know. Terry Crews. And Terry Crews looks up the chimney and goes, plan B, little piggy. Oh, um, Ridiculous Six. <laughs> yes, Ridiculous Six. That was a good movie. So... Me and you, well, me for the most part, watched the Ghost Adventures episode of Case Hollow. I know you were kind of in and out while doing your research, but um, during the episode, we find out that many people have committed suicide near the cross, saying that the, I don't know if it's the devil or like evil spirits have kind of taken over their body. And um, in the episode, they kind of talk about one that had hung himself in the tree across from like right across the street from the cross and then another one had um taken a gun and shot himself well and then didn't you say that the husband with the wives had hung himself too it did so i'm I'm wondering if maybe that has a connection with the suicide part of it is maybe that husband if that's true i don't know how true that is but if it's that husband maybe Enticing, enticing or not, I don't really not really enticing, right but like word. taking over their bodies or something. I don't yeah. know. Something like that. Yeah. So in the episode, we hear from a lady named Bennett Rain, who explains that when they had went to visit the cross, that she kept hearing this woman's voice to say, like saying, follow her. Yeah. And so she, she's like, Said she kind of lost all control of her body and ended up following this voice down into the hollow. And after they crossed through this gate, got down on her knees and kept hearing this man's voice. It was like very demanding and like, like taking control, trying to get her to go to him. And her friends, all they can remember is seeing her eyes kind of like super glazed over and they said once she got down on her knees she started puking everywhere and when she stood up she said that her legs didn't work and her friends had to actually carry her out of the hollow and every time she looked back she could see this like dark shadow figure following her the whole way out of the hollow oh yeah Maybe, was this during the day or was this at night? I believe this one was actually during the daytime. But you're still okay with going during the day? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, either way, it's still kind of spooky to me. But it would still be kind of cool to see. And I, I do encourage all of the listeners, if they can get a hold of the Ghost Adventures episode and watch it. It was, it was pretty neat to see all the stuff that goes on there that... You don't normally get to see. Yeah. I think it was... Plus you get to see Zach Baggins. Yeah, in the episode, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I think it's season 19 19 or 20, I think. It was on Discovery Plus. Yeah, Discovery Plus is where I did know that. So yeah. Did you guys look that up and watch it? It was a very good episode. (laughs) You sound very interested. Yeah. <laughs> so, another um, interview they did during the episode was with a man named Vincent Lord. Oh, Lord. Who says, 
that when he had visited the cross, uh, he had laid upon the cross fully clothed due to there being a myth of if there's a full moon, people have said that the cross can like burn your skin. Mm-hmm. So he laid on there fully clothed, not kind of not expecting anything just because he said there were myths. But a couple hours later, he had three burn marks on his back, not like scratches yeah. or anything like that. Of up, they look like upside down crosses that people would write for like devil worshiping oh, stuff. Oh, they actually show him in the on the Ghost Adventures episode, like on his back. It's just crazy. Oh, gross. Yeah. So he laid on the and it burned through his clothes. Through, yeah, it burned through his clothes. But I mean, it took a couple hours for it to show up. But yeah. Was it like during the day when the sun was beating on the rocks? He was like, I'm going to lay on these hot <laughs> I'm going to lay on these in suntan. <laughs> no, it was, I think it was at nighttime. And two, we find out that Lord was one of the guys that was there who helped carry out our Miss Minute. So, I mean, <laughs> this guy has seen a lot of crazy stuff happen at the cross and in the hollow area. The Lord guy? Yeah. Yeah, so after he goes on and talking about his burns, he also said that at night you can see these so-called dog men. said they have, like, the bodies of a dog but the face of a man. Oh, gross. (laughs) Kind of. What I'm picturing (laughs) is not scary. It's just disturbing. (laughs) Like, cat dog. (laughs) I just picture, like, Luna's body with your head or something. <laughs> Luna's body with Grayson's head. That would be a terrifying dodge. Well, I don't know if it would be terrifying, just ridiculous looking. But, but yeah, it said that like they're supposed to kind of be there to protect or kind of guard the cross. There are multiple accounts of people saying that they have seen these Weird dog men and is it supposed to be like a skinwalker type thing, uh, looking thing. To me, it kind of seems like it, but it I, I'll have to try and see if I can find any pictures of what they're supposed to look like. Okay, because there's I mean there's multiple people that say they've seen like the dog like creatures out there, and they've heard like weird like howls and like barks that wouldn't they don't seem like they'd come from a normal dog. Like, what is it like? I, I don't know how they don't really Give us an example, it, please. I don't, know how, <laughs> I don't know how the bark sounds. There's out there howling at the moon and shit. I don't know. But another, they went and talked to one of the neighbors that kind of lives around the hollow area named Mary Coles. And she, in her interview, said that her seven year old daughter was playing out front with a friend and they had this one big tree in their yard. She said when they were sitting there throwing a ball back and forth, there was this head that popped out from behind the tree and it smiled at her and then just like completely vanished. That is so creepy. Right? I don't like that at all. Like that makes me like cringe. I don't like it. Yeah. It's kind of like when I thought like, they were talking about that. All I could think about was like the smile on the cover of that movie smile that we want to watch. Oh yeah. Like yeah, that yeah. creepy, like long, oh, long smile. That would be horrible. I don't like it. Right? <laughs> it's just and she said too, like her son, I don't remember how old he was, but would say he would see like laser red eyes like glowing through the window when he'd look outside and stuff. And I mean this is like around the hollow in general that they're seeing this stuff so it makes me wonder like how far out like these people seeing stuff goes in that area and then there's the cemetery right there but the cemetery is not scary the cemetery is actually a super nice cemetery yeah i mean we go there and we've walked around there before yeah a lot of people actually use it as their little exercise walk around for the day or whatever i mean we've go there all the time when we're down there and we're seeing deer everywhere and i mean just nothing Nothing really creepy. So, I mean, like I said, I don't know how far. I'm curious to find out how far from the cemetery this place actually is. We should look it up. 
should. And I was kind of trying to keep, like, see when Zach Bagan's number driving to it in the show we watched. Oh, I should have watched that part. I bet I could have told you where it was at. We can, we can rewatch it. But yeah, I was trying to keep track and be like, do I know where that's at? <laughs> but, have I been there? Right? <laughs> I didn't know where they were going. But um, anyway, so on top of the stuff that Cole's kids have seen and experienced, um, their neighbors had a whole bunch of chickens that just randomly got killed, and when they went looking for them, found them kind of buried, but they weren't covered up in a circle around the cross. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to just be like, they were like half-eaten or something, and I'd be like, yeah, Brian, that's an animal. It was the dog man. (laughs) Like, remember my mom's chickens? They all got ate. But no, so they were buried around the like almost like a ritual type thing. Yeah, kind of okay. like they were that's sacrificed creepy. for the Satanists or whatever. That's creepy. Yeah, and I don't want to go into too much detail of what happens in the episode because I want our listeners to be able to watch it and get some of the information for themselves. Oh, we but... want you to tell us so we don't have to go watch it. It's a good. It's a good episode <laughs> though. I learned a lot from there, and it was kind of cool to see the different equipment that Bagans and them used while they were out there. And like they say, it's not a place to go at night, but even for me during the daytime, it sounds kind of sketchy. Just Especially for, if people are popping around smiling at you. Right? Like you just I mean, who smiles at people nowadays? That's just weird. It is weird. Especially <laughs> if it's just random people just smiling <laughs> at little kids and stuff. Hello. <laughs> I got some candy over here. <laughs> Anyway, that is it for my story this week. I liked it. I actually really want to go there. That would be fun. I think it would be a fun thing. I mean, especially since we go there quite often. Yeah. I think it would be it would be a neat experience. So it would. As long as I don't get haunted by somebody. (laughs) By a dibbick. By a dibbick. Because it will ruin our episode again. Right. We should quit mentioning it. Yes, we should. Okay, so um, my story is crazy. I'm so excited to tell you about it. So this is about Elizabeth Bautry. It looks like Bautry, but it's actually pronounced Bautry. I looked it up. Nice. <laughs> um, she was also known as the Blood Countess. The Blood Countess, huh? <laughs> yes. So Elizabeth Bautry or Elizabeth. Ezra Bet, I can't say it. So she was a Hungarian countess. So obviously this takes place in Hungary. Um, she was born August 7th, 1560. So oh, we dang. are going back in time. Way back in time. Way back in time. We're going back to the future. <laughs> no, we're going back in time. <laughs> okay, so she was born August 7th of 1560 in near Bator. Hungary. I had to use the pronunciation thing. It's near near Bator. Near Bator. Near Bator. I can't does say. Not, it. <laughs> does not look like that. Right. <laughs> so she's born in near Bator, hung- Hungary. She was born to a very wealthy and powerful family. Super, like one of the most wealthy families of the time. Um, her relationships included, like, her uncle was the king of Poland at the time. She had nephews that were princes of Transylvania. Like, they were up there. Do they say blah, blah, blah? Do not say blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, she, as I actually have lower in my notes, but I'll just tell you now, she's actually um, one of the inspirations for Dracula. Really? Yes. Well, that's cool. <laughs> so she is a monster. Um, so the bout. The Bautry family, they were one of the wealthiest prominent families of the time. And because of this, she literally had the best education and upbringing. Oh, yeah. But, like, back in that time, educating a woman was not a thing. That's true. So, but because her family was so wealthy and prominent, she had a great education. Like, she was, she spoke Hungarian, Greek, Slavic, Latin, and German. And could write all of those languages. Dang. I can barely speak English. Me too. 
half the time I don't even speak it correctly. So, um, back in this time, wealthy noble families, they like to keep their wealth and power in their family. And to do this, they would marry within their own family. Are you going back to you're my sister? <laughs> this is, um, we broke up, but she said we could still be cousins. Oh, okay. <laughs> Another shout out to Sydney. And Mason. No. Um, so her parents were actually cousins. They were first cousins, not even like distant cousins. They were first cousins. Awkward. Right? <laughs> so because of her family's inbreeding, she was epileptic and prone to violent seizures. She also later claimed that she would suffer from severe eye pain, which now we know is migraines. Yeah. Um, which suck. I do know this. Yeah, because you get them all. Well, not as much anymore, but you used to get them quite a bit. Yeah. Um, as a child, Elizabeth was exposed to a lot of violent acts. Um, she would witness public executions, severe beating of their servants. And just all sorts of violent things. But she was into it. Like most little girls would be like, scared. I don't like this. I don't want to watch. She was into it. It was said that Elizabeth had witnessed a man being sewn into the belly of a horse for stealing. And as she's watching this, it's kind of like a public execution type thing. Yeah. This is his punishment. As she's watching it, she cannot stop laughing. She thinks it is the funniest thing as he's being sewn in it, his head popping out of the horse until it was finally sewed up in. So it was... Uh, I guess I'm kind of confused as to how they would pull that off with... It's like the horse dead... It was a dying horse when I read what is from what I read. It was a dying horse. They cut the horse open, they shoved him in there, and then sewed it up. And that's how he died. That's how centaurs were made. <laughs> He's a horse man. He's a horse man. <laughs> you could say he was hung like a horse. <laughs> oh, man, that's horrible. That's <sighs> Oh my gosh, I can't even see straight back. Oh. So both of Elizabeth's parents, they died when she was very young, um, leaving her the heir to many different estates and lots and lots of money. So by the age of 11, so her parents are already dead by this point. By age 11, Elizabeth was engaged to Ferenc Nadesti, a 15-year-old Hungarian count. But before their marriage, at the age of 13, Elizabeth, it was said that she had an affair with a peasant boy and she became pregnant. That's 11 years old? 13 years old. 13? So she's 13. Still. She was engaged at 11, 13. She has an affair with a peasant boy, becomes pregnant. Um, she actually gave the child away in secret, but friends had found out about it, obviously. Yeah. And... um. When he found out about the peasant boy, he had him castrated and thrown to a pack of wild dogs. That's freaking crazy. So it's but I guess nuts. back in that day and age, I guess it was savage. They were savage, but the, and it was like they were getting married and stuff like that at younger ages than. Yeah, but. Some, I'm, I'm I'm talking the pack of wild dogs and castrating the boy, but oh yeah, but I'm just saying like all the movies you watch like back in that day and stuff they were like getting not I don't know if they were really getting engaged but they were like you're promised to this person yeah you're yeah that to was that definitely person. a thing back then yeah so on May eighth of fifteen seventy four Elizabeth and France were married. Elizabeth was 14 years old at the time. Um, the wedding was super extravagant, and it went on for four days. Holy crap. With over four and a half thousand people in attendance. That's a lot like, of people. It was an event. <laughs> um, during the wedding, friends gifted Elizabeth her own castle, Castle Katish. Cash Tease, sorry, I said it wrong. Cash Tease. 
which became her favorite castle. Capiche? Capiche, Catiche, Catiche. <laughs> it's somewhere in there. Find it. <laughs> um, so they actually were married for 10 years before they ever had any kids. And I don't know if it was just like she had a hard time getting pregnant again or but it said that like he after they were married friends became like a super like he was a great warrior he was fighting the ottomans in what was known as like the long war yeah so he was gone a lot well, off fighting and i'd be a little bit worried if she was pregnant with him being gone all the time well he would come back they have time but, but... <laughs> He actually earned himself the nickname of the Black Knight of Hungary due to his dark and vicious torture that he would inflict on his enemies. So he would um, cut his enemies' heads off and play kickball with their heads after killing them and just do all sorts. Is sort that how kickball was invented? <laughs> I hope not. It's like sticky McSnickens. <laughs> but they didn't play it with a head. That's true. <laughs> it was very normal. So over the first few years of their marriage, they didn't obviously spend a lot of time together because he was always gone to war. When they were together, they bonded over torturing young servant girls. So he would go off to the war and he would bring out, bring back different torture techniques that he would learn while he was away. So they're into some weird kinky bondage crap. <laughs> they're into torture for sure and it it has been like in a lot of the research that i was doing a lot of them suggested suggested that um the reason she was so into torture is maybe it did have a sexual factor to it but it never comes out and quite like this is determined why she does it yeah um but france would teach elizabeth torture techniques that he learned from the war and he would practice them on they would practice them on the servant girls he taught Elizabeth to like roll up little pieces of paper and they would stick them in between the toes of the peasant girls and light them on fire. And then like, obviously as the paper burns down, it burns your feet. Yeah. Um, another thing that they would do is they would strip the girls naked and cover them in honey. And then they would tie them up outside and leave them for the bees and the ants. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Ferenc actually had a rule that they they didn't kill the servant girls. They would just torture them. Which, that's I don't so know if that's better. much better. <laughs> we can torture them, but we cannot kill them. We'll just light you on fire and have you get attacked by bees and ants. <laughs> right? They had The couple had actually become one of the most wealthy couples in Hungary at the time. And they were actually so wealthy that they ended up having to lend the king money. They were wealthier than the king. That's crazy. Yes. So in 1601, a woman named Anna Darvoila. I'm pretty sure that's how you say it, guys. That's how it looks spelled, anyway. So Anna, Anna or Anna Darvoila, she came to work um, in the castle alongside Elizabeth. And it was rumored that Anna was a witch. So, and she was, like, very into, like, um, sadism and stuff like that. Well, Elizabeth, 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 it's a new lady we're talking about. <laughs> Elizabeth was very fascinated in the occult. So Anna was really well known for being violent and it kind of fed into Elizabeth's already violent ways right. where she was already starting to, like, do these things with her husband, torture and whatever. Anna really escalated that. Adding violence to violence. Right. Um, it was around this time that young servant girls actually started to disappear from the castle. Did they think that maybe Anna was using them for like as... No, it was Elizabeth. Really? <laughs> oh yeah. It was, she was definitely a, Anna was definitely in on it though. She was all about the killing. So, because the girls were peasants, no one really cared or noticed. Like, the families would notice, but nobody really paid attention. And because of um, Elizabeth's social standing, 
she was virtually untouchable. Like, it wasn't even legal to accuse her or try her of these crimes. Yeah. That being said, the local pastors started to become very suspicious suspicious as they were having to haul away bodies of young girls constantly. Yeah. So Elizabeth would have her servants... Um, let the pastors know, you know, come pick up the bodies. And then when they would arrive, you know, they would um, already be sealed in a coffin, which was actually unusual for the time. Normally the pastor would come, he would, they would be like wherever they had died. Yeah. He would get the body, he would take care of it, prepare it, put it in the casket and go. Well, when he's getting there, they're already in the casket, sealed off where he can't even open it, look at them, you know? Yeah. So when asked about it, Elizabeth would just tell them, oh, they died of cholera. What is cholera? So I actually wondered that, too. I looked it up. It's basically like you've got violent diarrhea and puking until you're dead. Dang. <laughs> so it doesn't sound fun. No. Um, but I guess it was kind of like a, and it was very, like, contagious or something. So they were like, oh, we put them, we're, they're already sealed in here because... Of the cholera. Yeah, yeah, that way they don't want it to spread. Yeah. So at one point, <laughs> they actually delivered a coffin. The servant girls had to deliver the coffin. It was an unusually large coffin. And there were rumors of there being three bodies in the coffin. So the they had asked Elizabeth, you know, why is this coffin so large? We're being told there's three bodies in here. And Elizabeth actually admitted to there being two bodies in the casket. And um, when asked why she did that, she said, well, one girl had already died and another one was close to death. So we just waited for her to die. Yeah. And we put them both in there, you know. Makes sense. <laughs> Save space. Save on wood. Yeah. I don't know. They had to build a bigger coffin. I don't know. Um. At one of the funerals, one of the priests actually pulled Elizabeth aside and questioned her. And he actually wanted to exhume the bodies to see if the young girls are really died of cholera. Like he was like telling her, you know, I don't think what you're saying is true. Yeah. And she basically was outraged and that he would even accuse her of anything and threatened him with her social standing and the power of her family and then she stormed out of the church and just left her husband there to basically, like, defend her. He actually had smoothed things over for her with the priest and kind of got him off her back for a minute. Um, but in 1601, Ferenc became ill. Um, there wasn't really much known about his illness, but it, it left his legs paralyzed. Um, and then in 1604, he did die. Ending their 29-year marriage and leaving Elizabeth widowed at 44 years old. Dang. Which is actually kind of old for that time. Yeah. Elizabeth already actually suffered from de depression and loneliness. And so then when her husband died, it only escalated her violence. Because she's already depressed, she's already lonely, and now he's gone. Kind of marriage. Yeah. And so... After the loss of her husband, Elizabeth became more sadistic and began torturing and killing girls at like an alarming rate. Because of this, she constantly needed to repl replenish her staff from the villages surrounding her castle. Um, she would basically just like ask all the families, hey, send me your daughters to work in my castle, whatever. And they kind of think, oh, cool, this they get to work for this countess, you know? Yeah. But then, you know, when they don't show back up, they kind of question it. But because she's so high up, there's nothing they can do about it. Right. Nobody even got suspicious. Was like, hey, we should probably stop sending our people. I think they they did start like or they did stop sending them. They were running out of girls to send, yeah. really. And um, she started getting less and less girls. Uh, so she had Anna as her main help. There was also the nurse of her children, Iona Joe, a friend named Dorka, and a teenage boy named Fizko that would help with the torture. So she ended up, she has this torture dungeon now, and they would all help with torturing these young women's and women's? Mm -hmm. These young women. And she would basically tell them what they needed to do, whatever. 
any like slight mistake that the young servant girls would make would send Elizabeth into a rage when hemming up like a dress or whatever. If they missed a stitch or did something she didn't like, didn't sew a button on correctly, whatever, the girls were like stabbed with long needles. Oh. And she <laughs> be prepared. <laughs> she would shove needles underneath their fingernails. Oh, that just makes me cringe just thinking about oh, that. I hated reading it i hated writing it and i hate saying it it makes my fingers hurt right like of all the things under your fingernails i hate it oh. i hate it so much like slather me in honey if i gotta pick one <laughs> give me the bees and ants <laughs> although i don't i mean none of them would be good not, i mean maybe even burden my toes but not the don't toes. stick needles under my fingernails please <laughs> So um, she did that, and then Elizabeth would tell the girls, oh, if it hurts the horse, she can take them out, which they would kind of take as a sign of like, okay, I can take the needles out now. Yeah. As soon as they would remove it, Elizabeth would pull out a knife and cut that finger off. What the heck? Yeah. So she nuts. Did they not learn, like, yeah, I should probably just leave this in so I don't get my finger chopped off. <laughs> I. I'm sure, I don't know how many times this happened, but who knows? Still. <laughs> and maybe they thought the pain of not having a finger would be, be better. Right? I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, Elizabeth, like I said, she had the torture chamber and the girls would be dragged down there. They'd be beaten. They'd be tortured. And then, like I said, the her little helpers, they would do most of the torture for her. Yeah. Um. Some of the ways Elizabeth and the help would torture the girls are, you know, the pins under the fingernails, smearing them with honey and leaving them for like the ants and the bees. They would make the girls hold red hot coins. So she would like put them in a fire till they're red hot yeah. and make them hold them in her their hands. Yeah. And then she would get iron, like hot iron pokers and poke the girls with them red hot. Again, kind of random, right? Um, she would put girls in spike lined cages and hang them from the ceiling. Uh, she would throw them in the snow and then dump cold water on them to freeze to death. Like, she would leave them out there to freeze to death after she did this. Slady man, uh, she would bite them, tearing their flesh. Ew, yes, like, bite, like, she would bite their shoulders and their breasts. Like, hello, Clarice. <laughs> yeah, she's oh, I can't even. Um, she would beat them to death and starve them, obviously, cut the fingers off, and like there was more. There was even more than this. Dang. These are just some of the ways. So one night when she's throwing a party, Eliz so back then when they had parties, they would have the servant girls serve everybody. And the servant, the servers um, normally needed to be like young virgin girls. Yeah. So for some reason, she was like short on staff or something. She told one of her actually one of her favorite servant girls to go pretend to be a young vir virgin and serve the guests. And the woman told her, you know, I'm I'm married. I have a kid. I can't I can't do that. And it sent her into a blind rage. She went outside, she got a log and brought it into her and told her, suckle your child, you whore. And then, like, she would wake her up in the middle of the night and tell her to feed her baby and suckle your baby and make her change it, like, with swaddle it and stuff, like, but she tortured her pretty bad after that. And she was one of her favorites. So she would do this to one of her favorite servants. That's crazy. Um, she preferred to torture and kill young virgins. So that was like, she, the younger, the better. Um, some girls were as young as 10. Holy crap. Um, and it's, it was said that like her little witch friend, Anna is the one that kind of brought this on was like, oh, you need someone who's not known the touch of a man. And basically that's the blood you want. Yeah. It said that Elizabeth would actually have the girl's blood drained and she would bathe in the blood. Ugh. But 
a lot of people have actually discounted this just for the sure the like the sheer volume of blood you would need to actually bathe in the blood. Well, it's all the people she was killing, though. You would have the volume. Right? But, I mean, at the same time, if they're all little bitty, I mean, like, see yeah, how big Grayson is. I mean, he, I wouldn't think he would have... Well, like, Lennon's 10. Yeah. So, I mean... So, the thought behind Elizabeth bathing in the blood was to retain her youth. And this is, like, how she became the inspiration for Dracula. Like, they thought, oh, you know, he's young girls biting their neck getting the blood retaining his youth whatever so that's kind of like the inspiration they got from that um it's the fountain of youth it's said that she would even have like vials of the blood and she would like rub it on her face and stuff which blood facials are a thing it's proven to actually help but it's your own blood like it's not <laughs> someone else's blood they really? use your own blood yes so they draw what are they just like draw your blood or no like they i think they like poke like little pins in your face so it's not like super painful i mean it doesn't feel great i've never had it done this is just what i've heard but then they use your own blood to do the facial and it's supposed to really help your skin very moisturizing so i mean she's ahead of her time she knew what she was talking about started a trend (laughs) back in the day because she's she is killing at such an alarming rate. Elizabeth was starting to actually run out of peasant victims. What? Right. So, like we talked about before, families aren't sending their daughters anymore, or they're just basically none left. Yeah. Like, so, she decided to open a finishing school for young noble women. And because of her amazing education, nobles began sending their daughters to be taught by the countess. But... They're nobles. They're not going to stay quiet when their daughters start disappearing. Yeah. So, because she was, like, now slaughtering the young noble women, and parents were actually starting to question their deaths of their daughters, uh, she would come up with some bizarre excuses as to what's happening, too. It's not just cholera anymore. One At one point, she actually used the excuse, excuse that one of the girls had gone mad and murdered all the others before committing suicide. Huh. Which the none of the parents actually believed. They were like, uh, no. So they appealed to the king, Matthias II, Matthias II, um, to open a, an investigation against Elizabeth. It's about time. <laughs> right? It's been how many years now? Right. So... The investigation was handled by the king's highest-ranking representative, Yorgi, Yorgi, I can't say it. The G is silent. Yorgi? Yorgi Thurzo. Yorgi happened to actually be one of Ferenc's closest friends. So, Elizabeth's husband's closest friend. Yeah. And on Ferenc's deathbed, he asked Yorgi to look out for Elizabeth. So, he's kind of like, in a crappy situation. Yeah. But Yorgi was actually very loyal to the king. And he actually began his investigation into Elizabeth. He had dozens of women who had actually made it out of the countess's castle alive. That told Yorgi of everything that they would, you know, witness, seen whatever. Um, they'd seen like blood drenched walls, heard screams throughout the castle. Uh, there was a ever growing cemetery in the castle courtyard. Because, what? I mean... Because of all the bodies. Because of all the bodies. Um, however, none of the girls had actually witnessed the torture. But Yorgi was actually becoming like more and more convinced that she was she's guilty. Yeah, yeah, something's going on. Yorgi uh, wrote to members of the Bowtree family at, to just ask for advice. And... He actually made an agreement not to publicly try Elizabeth with, he made this agreement with her family, as it would bring shame on the Bowtree family name. Yeah. But he wanted to be sure of Elizabeth's guilt. So he got himself and the king invited to have a meal at the castle. Um, Castis. Castle Castis. Castle Capiche. They said Elizabeth was acting, you know, weird whatever um when they got served dessert like just immediately upon the first bite they started to become ill 
So she was trying to poison them. Yes, they realized at that point that Elizabeth had tried to poison them. And they left the castle immediately. Like They were like, oh, it was good. Gotta go by. <laughs> they, this, so this being poisoned by Elizabeth gave him, you know, yeah. the certainty that, okay, yeah, she definitely did this. She's guilty. Um, on New Year's Eve of 1610, Yorgi, along with armed guards, came to the castle to arrest Elizabeth. When they were approaching the castle, castle, I don't even, <laughs> is that like the Super Bowl? It's the castle. <laughs> um, when approaching, they heard Elizabeth and her lady steward casting a spell to protect them from Yorgi and to bring death upon him. So apparently she thinks she's a witch now too. I don't oh. know. <laughs> so once Yorgi and his, you know, guards enter the gates, they find... Immediately a mutilated body of a young girl near the doorway and then two more bodies just inside the doorway. Dang. So now they're just leaving them out in the open. Like they just don't, like, care. don't care. Anymore. They just she doesn't care anymore. So as they're coming in, they they hear screaming, which led them to the torture chamber where Elizabeth's um associates they're currently torturing young girls. So they're so maybe, at work. Maybe they'll be saved. <laughs> But, like, they couldn't, like, Elizabeth wasn't there. They had to go find her, like, somewhere else in the castle. And she just kind of blamed it on them. Like, she had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth's accomplices were put on trial for the murders. Hundreds of girls actually took the stand to testify against all of them. Dang. Death sentences were given to each of them. Before their their deaths, Dorka and Iona Joe had their fingers torn off with tong, with hot tongs, then they were burned to death. So it's kind of like they were getting the torture that they had given out. Good. But because Fisco, because of his age, he was a young teen, he was actually spared the torture and just beheaded and buried. So, I mean, honestly, if I had to pick a way to go... Taking your head off would be the quickest, way. right? I mean, back then, you know. Yeah. Either way, it would it would suck. But, suck. but the being burned alive would suck a lot more than right. Um, Catalin was one of the helpers, but she was the only one not to be given a death sentence. She had been actually beaten herself, and she actually would try to sneak food into the victims and try to help when she could. So she was given a life sentence in prison or jail, whatever they called it then. The dungeon. The dungeon. Uh, Elizabeth was not tried for any of the murders. How? Because she was so wealthy and powerful. She was not tried, but she was locked into her castle at Castle Kastish. Um, she was locked into a room and all the windows and doors were bricked shut except for a slot where they could put food in. So for the rest of her life, that's where she was, where she stayed. So she was pretty much got a life sentence. Yeah. But she was never tried or convicted or anything. They just went around it a different way. Mm -hmm. So her only visitors were Priest and Yorgi. She remained unrepentant and blamed her assistants for all the murders. She had a lot of hate for Yorgi, and to which he told her, and this is a quote, You, Elizabeth, are a wild animal. You are in the last months of your life. You do not deserve to breathe the air on the earth or see the light of the Lord. You shall disappear from this world and shall never reappear in it again. As the shadows envelop you, may you find time to repent your bestial life. Elizabeth died on August 21st, 1614, at the age of 54, which for that time is, it's old. Like, she lived a long life. So maybe the blood thing, she had something going on. Maybe. So she died at the age of 54 after complaining to to her guard that her hands were cold. And he told her just, you know, go lay down and go to sleep. And she did, and she never woke up. Um, She was... Buried at the church cemetery at the or at the church cemetery, but later exhumed due to to an uproar that she would be buried in the midst of them, of all the people. Yeah. Um. She was moved to the Bowtree family crypt, but 
the crypt was actually opened in 1995 and she was nowhere to be found. That's weird. Yeah, so she's, so she's, she's gone. Like, no one knows where the body is. Huh. Um, she was actually labeled by the Guinness Book of World Records as the most prolific female serial killer in history. Her death count is still unknown, but it is estimated as high as 650. Holy crap. Only eight of those of those deaths were, were, you know, pinned on her. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. 650. She was like literally just every freaking day. Yeah. I don't know how you have that much anger in your life. Yeah. Um, Historians have argued that Elizabeth Bowtree was in fact the victim of politically motivated conspiracy possibly due to her extensive wealth and ownership of large areas and land in Hungary and not to mention the king owed her money. Yeah. So there, you know, there's people that are like, you know, maybe she didn't really do all this. Maybe they just kind of framed her for some stuff and because they didn't want to, you know, pay her back or they didn't want her to be too powerful because she's a woman. Yeah. Who knows? I think she was a nut. Sounds like a nut. I mean, between her and her husband and their little accomplices and the witch. and Right? How do you find that many people? Like, how do you find one other person that's like that, let alone that many people that will just be like, yeah, let's do this. I mean, from all the movies and stuff we've seen, like we said, back then was everybody was more, that crap was okay to a lot more people, I guess than it is nowadays i guess i don't know i just even then i don't know how you can find people that hateful well and then like how do i know there's a lot more peasants back then than there are noble people yeah like i don't i mean obviously i didn't live back then so i have no idea but how did they not like overturn them right and be like listen (laughs) listen linda listen linda (laughs) Oh, anyways, is the is Castle Kish? Kashtis. <laughs> a place that people can go and visit? So, I actually found a picture, and it's obviously in ruins now. It's not really like a full castle anymore. Yeah. But I'm actually going to post the picture on our Instagram and our Facebook. But, yeah, it's like, you can go visit the ruins. Nice. I, I'm curious that it goes into kind of my story of haunted stuff and maybe there's like i don't know if people have gone and checked this out to see if there's any like spirits or anything kind of looming about from these tortured victims or right it would be kind of cool to see yeah yeah we'll have to do some i didn't look into that side of i should have episode on ghost adventures or anything that kind of goes and checks it out yeah I um I did notice that there was like a couple movies and stuff. I didn't really look much into them about her, but I, mean, I didn't look much into them at all. Look and see and watch them. Yeah, it'd be fun. <laughs> but um, so this week on our Instagram and Facebook, we're gonna post asking what our listeners would like to be called, kind of like a like a nickname, nickname. for our listeners, and um. We'll probably give it till, what, next Tuesday? So we'll probably record on Wednesday again. I mean, if we get suggestions. Yeah, if we yeah. get any suggestions. If or... not, you get what you get. And you don't throw a fit. <laughs> That's what we like to tell our kids, but they still throw a fit. <laughs> but yeah, so thank you guys for coming back again, listening to another episode. We super, we super yeah super <laughs> we really appreciate it and um we were actually having a lot of fun doing this and just doing all the research and telling the stories it's we've had a really good time but yeah like us rate us review us follow us follow us share with your friends we would super appreciate that yes we would even if they're not your friend i mean put us on your enemy man <laughs> <laughs> We'll take anyone. <laughs> Give them the curse of the Dybbuk. Yeah. Send them to the Dybbuk episode and say, you really got to look this thing up. <laughs> It'll inconvenience your day. Yes, it will. <laughs> or make you have to edit a podcast four different times. And they'll be like, 
even have the podcast. <laughs> I don't know what to do with my fans. Uh, thanks, guys. We really appreciate it. Yep. And we'll see you guys next week for episode four. Bye.